First kicks. So you know what to do. You better undes your favorite pair and let's jump on in. This week, I welcome Anthony Quesada, aka Saint Anthony. And I know I say this every week, but boy, what an episode. If the teaser this week's was any indication, then you know what we're about to get into. But first, I wanted to make sure you all check out his clothing brand, Mute New York. Because it really has an in-depth story, and you'll see why as we go into it into this episode. But this week, we're going to talk about some upcoming or current, like literally right now drops. Especially if you're listening to this right now. We currently have the Maui Wowie Nike SBs. And they are this year's 420 Dunk. And I am excited and hopeful to get a pair as I am pre- I'm going pretty hard for these. But I wanted to touch on the Amon Meniere Jordan 3s. I think that's how you say it. Which I'm sure a lot of you, and I'm, I'm hoping a lot of people <laughs> were able to get. But I'm very hopeful that it was mostly women that were able to cop. What I really would love to touch on on this amazing shoe is that it's an amazing ode to the backbone of every family, even my own. And that's to the women. The fact that this shoe and the owner of Ama Manier made sure women were able to get a pair is amazing. As we continue to press forward and get out of this only men collect sneakers phase of sneaker collecting. I will always try to do my part to get those stories out there. And, and you know, got to shout out all the women out there. Being said, hopefully all the good vibes in this intro this week gives me good luck for those SBs. Anyway, on to where you can find Anthony. You can find him on all social medias as Saint Antonis Leon. I the reason why I said it that way is because he spells it like Adonis. So Saint as in S A I N T A D O N I S L E O N. And make sure you hit up the Mute New York IG page at, at Mute New York. Comment on one of those pictures. Tell them my first kick sent you. It'll be dope. And hit up that website, Mute New York, spelled out, M-U-T-E dot com. Because you're just going to see all his stuff sold out. That man makes amazing stuff, and it just sells out really fast. Also, make sure to check out Anthony on this new app called Basic Space. I'm going to leave a link in the description. He drops exclusive colorways on there, so you don't want to miss out. Like I did. I missed out on everything. And you know where to find your boy. I am at Who is Haas on all social medias. And you can find the podcast at My First Kicks Pod on Instagram and the Tweeters. And hit up the link, the link tree link in the description below, right? Oh, or, or I don't know. Is it below? Because this is a podcast episode, and that's kind of like YouTube. Oh, oh well. <laughs> but now, on to my episode with Anthony Quesada. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going, man? Good evening. How are you <laughs> today? Good, good evening, man. You know, I had to have you on. I'm a big fan of Mute NYC. Such a dope clothing brand. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Hell yeah, man. I mean, I feel like I helped you with the last drop, though. 
I'm going to call that out right now. I'm going to call that out right now. Early. Nice and early. I mean, <laughs> you can start with that one. I mean, I showed you a lot of the pictures of what I was working with. I showed you the trading cards. I showed you the designs. I've showed you the, the currency. And no, I'm not going to lie. You definitely did help out and you put a lot of input. And talking to people that come from different walks in life definitely offers the best fresh perspective on something that you've been sitting down and thinking about for maybe weeks to a month. So you're not lying. You definitely <laughs> helped. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but still that last drop was really dope. And I mean, like, I'm still mad that I'm not able to cop up uh, the crew neck, the Pantheon crew neck. Um, so if that ever comes back or if this if it ends up going for mad money on eBay, hopefully I eventually get one, you know? Hey, I think that the stock price on that one crew neck should definitely start to go up pretty soon because it did air on the news on News New York One. And yeah, I did feel like that's kind of the running joke that a lot of people had. They would usually say, yo, your stuff is never in stock. Like, do you even have an idea or a company? Because it doesn't seem like you're selling anything. But. Yo, that's actually, yo, you just, you just made me think of like a viral thing where... I I make a website of clothes and it's like dope mm-hmm. clothes and it's just never mm-hmm. in stock. <laughs> <laughs> yo, Definitely I, get a lot of good word of mouth. Out, I'll tell you that much. Yo, yo, we got to do that. That's It'll it. Work. That's our next. That's our next thing. That's go. That's our collab. That's our first collab. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea. What should we call it though? We should call it. I don't know. We're figuring it out during the during the podcast. We're figuring it out. Like we, you can't just put it on the spot like that. You can't just put it. <laughs> but since we, since we since we started off with talking about your brand, how about we get people, my listeners, uh, to know who mm-hmm. you are. Introduce yourself, man. All right. So my name is Anthony, formerly and informally known as St. Anthony Leon. A lot of people have a very hard time trying to find out exactly how to pronounce that. And I think that it's an issue that I created myself. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> well, but the reason why I chose that name was first and foremost, because there's way too many people named Anthony on social media, right? Like, let's just be real. How am I going to differentiate myself amongst the ocean of people named Anthony? But a little backstory on the reason why I came down with choosing that name is because I honestly got really inspired and interested in trying to find out where my name came from. Mm-hmm. I once heard somebody say that you're given a name at birth, right? But when you find out what your name means and where your name comes from, you're able to decide just how far you want to take your name mm-hmm. in life. So when I heard that, I started asking myself, where, where does my name really come from? Like, where is the root and the origin of the name Anthony? So I started tracing it back further and further and further and further. And I found out that one of the very first uses of the name Anthony was in Latin. And it was actually spelled Andoni. So instead of using the the letters T and H, it was substituted for the letters N and D. Mm -hmm. And being that I am Hispanic and I'm Dominican, when I hear people pronounce my name Anthony, it sounds more like Andoni with a letter D which is a lot closer to the Latin pronunciation. I mean, Spanish and Latin, pretty close. And, you know, that is more or less the root and the origin of the majority of languages spoken in one hemisphere on Earth, right? Right. So it's also the greatest opportunity to educate people and have a really complex conversation when you first meet somebody for absolutely no reason. (laughs) I just (laughs) want to be there. Like, every time somebody's been like, Yo, uh, who's your man's? And I'll just be like, oh, yeah, you should ask him. What's your name? <laughs> You're like, wait till you meet this fucking guy. <laughs> and, then, and then you just break out. You, you going into like, like seven different pods. Be like, yeah, my name's Anthony. It comes from. <laughs> Listen, it's a gift and a curse, man. Yeah. It's a gift and a curse. So. I mean, yeah, but you, you, you base that. You, you got a real good um story behind that and and then it led to but did it lead to mute nyc so the story behind that one was literally just myself shopping at supreme way too much Mm -hmm. 
So I was always, I was always at Supreme between the years of, let's say, like anywhere between 2006 to 2009. I was always out there. I was always skating with my friends and we would always take pictures of each other skating and I would always be behind the camera and I would be recording my friends. Mm -hmm. And we would watch skate videos too, naturally, but we would also support these skate brands. But one day I asked myself with my friends, I was like, why are we spending all of our money on these brands? Why can't we just one day create our own thing? So we made this group chat on AIM. I'm showing my age here. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm on AIM. I was, I was on AIM too, bro. I was on AIM too. Was... <laughs> so we made a group chat or a chat room on mm -hmm. AIM. And we started having a conversation like, yo, if we actually created this thing, like what would we call it? We came up with all these terrible, corny, cliche names. Like one of them was Steezy. <laughs> because that's that's what you would say if somebody landed a really cool trick. You'd be like, yo, that was so Steezy. Like yeah. that was hella tight. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> there you go. So we, we just started throwing names around. And then I just said mute. And then we were like, yo, that's so short. And that's actually really cool. Because when you think about the greatest names there are, it's usually one word. Mm -hmm. And it's... It's so close to sounding like just one syllable. It's really easy to pronounce. Like when you think about the, the rule of threes when it comes to C and N, A, B, C, N, B, C, mute is kind of like right up there. It's just right. four letters. So it's stuck. And yeah, ever since then, I started introducing myself to try to work with graphic design on Photoshop. I had a cracked version of Photoshop CS5. That's wow. what I was running on. I mean, I it's was on still... you late. I was on I was on seven. I was on seven point oh. Yeah. <laughs> Cracked version of Photoshop 7.0. And I was on I was there on the boards go. with that one. I was I was there, there making you go. making graphics on the boards with that. Sh shout out old listen, me. Listen, LimeWire worked magic, and I'm not even gonna <laughs> lie to you at all. To this day, anything that you purchase from me or anything that you see that I've made for somebody is made on Photoshop CS5. <laughs> To this same, day. The same to version. this day. <laughs> Actually, it's in Spanish. Yo, oh my God. <laughs> That's how free it was. It was so free that it's in Spanish. <laughs> yep. Like, I don't know what some of the options are in English anymore because I've been using it in Spanish for so oh long. Oh my so. God. You, yep. just ex you just expose yourself on a podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So now it's recorded. It's here forever and people can actually... You know, maybe it'll bring some appreciation to the extensive hard work and the staircase that I take to making design here because, you know, I could choose to take the elevator, but it's going to take the staircase up there. <laughs> like, yeah. Let me make it a little harder for myself. <laughs> Yo, I feel that. I feel that big time. Yeah. But yeah, you know, so now we, we, we jumped off the long introduction. So we jump right. into the question of the podcast. What's your what's yep. your first kicks? What's your first pair? What's that first pair of sneakers you absolutely needed to have, man? All right. So that's a really great question. And I have to say that it all started when I was in middle school. And being from the Bronx, you kind of you have to find a way to make sure that every time you go to school, no one makes fun of you, right? Mm -hmm. So when I first started going to the middle school that I was going to was actually on 167 in College Avenue by the concourse. I realized that there was a lot of value in the way you dress because we went to school with uniforms. So there's mm -hmm. really not much to separate you between the person who's next to you, right? Like, what are you really going to do to stand out? Sneakers were everything. So when it came to what I really, really, really wanted to have, I could probably sit here and think about, God, an entire wall that I saw at Models one time or any foot action or foot locker wall. But I'm going to make it easier and say that the very first introduction that I ever had formally, like consciously aware to Jordans, were the Maze Jordan 2 Lows. The oh. white ones with the yellow wing Air Jordan logo mm -hmm. on the tongue. So that was the very first introduction that I had formally, like when I knew what Jordan was, when I knew what Nike was, because I actually, I had playoff eights as a kid. Okay. And I had a couple of, I have a couple of pictures of myself as a kid wearing different sneakers and shoes, but like formally conscious and aware of what it was that I wanted with the power to choose with my parents. Like I want those. 
that was my first introduction. So that was the one pair that I needed to have. And I actually got it on clearance. So being that it was on clearance, it was actually a size and a half bigger mm-hmm. than my actual yeah. size. You always had to go a size and a half bigger or one size up. That's the rule, man. Yeah, exactly. I was in middle school. So, you know, my parents were like, yo, your feet are going to grow. So we're going to make sure you actually get a bigger size. But mm-hmm. yeah, I trashed them, but I used the white sneaker paint to paint them over. Oh, I used Clorox to clean them. Mm-hmm. I would bleach the laces. And to make the story that much sweeter, when the pandemic started, what I started doing was backtracking and thinking about all the things that I always wanted as a kid, right? So mm-hmm. I actually managed to find that same exact pair on Mercari, pretty much close to DS Whoa. for just $90. So, Wow. Yeah, I still have them. That's dope. That's dope. I love when you were able to like, because like I'm still trying to do that um, and revisit like a, that, get that one, that pair, that first pair of SBs that I copped. I copped the khaki SBs, which I, which is oh, my nice. first kicks and I talk about it, but I, I'm still mm. trying to get another pair of them because I did, I just, I, I don't know if I loved them as much as I thought I, like I, as I think I do now, but like, I think as I, at like just realizing what it actually meant to me, I'm just like, I, I need to find another pair. Yeah. So no, like, I definitely understand yeah. what you're saying. I mean, in the pandemic, that's all I was doing. I was just looking through Mercari, Depop, and Poshmark. I'm like, I want to find what I had. <laughs> Let <laughs> me find a way to find them. And I found a whole lot of things that I always wanted to, you know, try to locate. But I think that because the pandemic happened, everyone was, was they were trying to find a way to make money off of what they had at home because a lot of people were tight on cash. Like you're stuck. You might have lost your job. And naturally there's a lot of people who were looking to spend money and you're looking through listings. And I think that both of them meeting at the same time simultaneously kind of created this rare space for collectors where, I mean, look at the trading card industry right now. It's booming, but yeah. a lot of people were stuck at home and people were like, yo, let me start cleaning. Start cleaning. You're like, oh shit, I have these trading cards that are worth like $5,000. Let me start listing them. And I think that that was that perfect storm for that secondary market where people are just now finding that there's a lot that they missed out on in life that you could just easily find online now. Yeah. I mean, like, and it's, it's also like transcended to like back in, back in our time where, uh, for any of you young cats listening out there, like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but, but back, back in our time, like when we would just jump on eBay and just type in SB or like Nike and just start mm-hmm. looking at every single page. Like now that mm-hmm. this, the pandemic brought that up because a lot of people don't know what they have or, you know, you run into the people that do know what they have and they don't want to let go of it. Like that guy who does not want to sell me a pair of vapors for 150 with no box. But the, 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 the thing is, is just like the, the way we are in this circle because of the pandemic that we, now we're, we're getting that the thrill of the hunt, the, th- the thrill of the hunt is in, in my opinion is kind of back because of that. Like it doesn't matter about the sneakers app right now, but it does matter about, yo, am I able to be able, am I able to get a pair of some like sneakers that I felt nostalgic for by going on these like other sites, these offshoot sites that are on eBay, like Macari, Depop, and just like typing in Nike and trying to find an, uh, that pair again. No, absolutely. And man, I'll take it one step further. You said you were showing your age by talking about eBay, but I'm not too sure that there's a lot of people out there who are actively combing through sites like Soul Collector and ISS. Because yeah. that's where I came up on the majority of my SBs, like my Money Cat SBs that I still have to this day. I came up on them from Soul Collector and I grabbed them for $90. I went to, where did I get them? I went to the Manhattan Mall. I did a meetup there. Meetups. Oh, man. Sneaker meetups. <laughs> Sneaker meetups, <laughs> I got, man. I got a good story about how I got my purple pigeons. That was a good, that's a good story. <laughs> well, I mean, just jump right into it. Why are you going to stop yourself? <laughs> hold on. Let me section this off for 15 minutes in. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so I, I also found the listing for them on Soul Collector. So they were, ironically enough, somewhere around, I think I want to say like 80 to $90. But mm-hmm. the meetup was set at 138th Street, at 3rd Avenue, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're familiar with the area, you already know what that was like back in, I want to say like 2007 or 2008. 
that's so I'm out there. That's 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 is that's is that considered Harlem still? Or is that uh, Washington nah, Heights? Nah, 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 definitely not. And that's a really popular debate for anybody who's listening. Like, I mean, it's not that close to where Harlem is, but I mean, I, I'll just say it to say it, but the big debate is, is Harlem the Bronx or is Harlem Manhattan? Oh, no. No, no. Don't say that on here. Don't say that. I don't, want bad, I don't want bad reviews now. But like, get this Anthony kid off the podcast. I never want to hear like, him again. Nah, what is he talking about? But, you know, like you could be really close on one side of Harlem where, you know, technically you're really close to Manhattan. But yeah. as soon as you pass all of Third Avenue and you get down from that side, you're pretty much in Harlem. But anyway, I was at 138th Street and 3rd Avenue. Yeah. Right across the police precinct. And I'm like, where is this guy at? So I'm waiting for like 30 minutes. This is before text messaging is really even a thing. So you don't even know when you're getting a text. I had a Blackberry Pearl. and I'm just standing on the corner. I'm like, yo, where is this guy? Like every car that pulled over, I'm like, is that him? Is that him? Is that him? I was really young at the time. I took the train. That's scary. I didn't have a car. Exactly. I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? Like, I don't know if he's coming on foot. Like, you never really know because you don't really have the internet back then either. Mm -hmm. That's another privilege. You know, like, how could you access a full website on a black pair on a Blackberry Pearl? (laughs) You couldn't do those things back then. You know what I'm saying? So I'm over here just waiting and waiting and waiting for a text message to come in. I'm just like praying that this guy actually saved my number because I DM'd him my number, but Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have any internet to access any of these things. And there really, there wasn't any service on their trains either. So yeah. while I'm waiting, this guy pulls up and I thought it was the guy who was going to come with the sneakers. And he walks up to me and he's like, what's up, man? I'm like, nothing much. What's up? And he like reached out his hand to give me a pound. And I'm like, this, this must be the guy. So I gave him the pound and he like tucked it in and he held me in for like a couple of seconds. He's like, you look like this guy I went to the gym with, man. Like, you're so tall. Like, are you him? Like, this guy is literally with his chin on my shoulder. Yo, what? <laughs> like, bro, like, <laughs> what? I was like, I don't know you. So I pushed him off me. <laughs> and he, he, like, jumped back when I pushed him off me. And yeah. he starts laughing. And he just starts walking away. He's like, I knew that was you. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> He's like, you strong just like him. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> So I'm really confused. And at this point, at least 30 minutes pass by. But the guy finally pulls up. He comes in a Chrysler Pacifica, mm-hmm. opens up the door, and he's like, yo, here you go. And I'm just like, wow, this was all worth it. I have purple pigeons now. <laughs> <laughs> you got a weird dap. And <laughs> he waited 30 minutes. That's, that's yo, I'd have been like, yo, you need to come down $20. $20. You can't believe what happened to me. <laughs> Like, (laughs) seriously, right? But, you know, as a kid, you really don't think about any of these things or like how close you are to danger or anything possibly happening to you, you know, anywhere at all. You're just like, I need these shoes. This is the thrill of the hunt for me. And this is going to be an amazing story later on. Like, my friends are not going to believe what happened to me yesterday. And I got these shoes. Forget about (laughs) it. Like, this is the greatest story ever. I mean, my purple pigeon story is not as good as that because mine was just like... I bought a pair off of NSB.org. And oh, the, the, man, you took it back. You know, <laughs> I was big on that, That was man. insight. Everybody know me. Shout out to NSB.org. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the lace locks, but, and I should have. I, I, I should have gotten the lace locks, but shout man. out to everybody on there. Um, but mine was like, the dude, I, the dude posted them, and he was just like, I just want 120 or something like that. And I was just like, mm. all right, cool. And... And then he's just like, he's like trying to get me for extra money on top. And he's just like, listen, man, I, I'm telling you, man, like these are straight DS. I'm telling you, like I only wore them once. And I went on a date and we didn't even walk anywhere. I just went to the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the movie theater I and that's it, man. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I just went on a date, man. Come on. Give me the full. Like I, I, he, I think he wanted like 150. I talk him down to 120 or something like that. And then I got the box. And then I look at the box. This dude bought him off a of flight club. So they have the the flight club price on it. Wow. And I'm like, yo, I got this dude hard because he paid 180. It says it right there. I still have the box. Still says 180 on it. And (laughs) yeah, it's crazy. Man, let's not even (laughs) mention the fact that the quality for photos back then on listings 
was so poor. So bad. Like, you could barely make out that there were stars on a dunk. Like, you would have to ask somebody to hold it in a specific lighting <laughs> setting. Like, go outside at 3 p.m. and make sure that you tilt the shoe so there's no shadow. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, there, there's like no time between the internet to the point where you know that you're going to get a DM and your phone is going to ring and you see the banner with the message notification. <laughs> no, like you really got to refresh a page like 30 times, go to AOL Mail to see if you got the email because the <laughs> website was slower. Man, forget about it. But I, I guess I did the, I, so I bought an actual camera, but it wasn't just for that. I, I used to like taking oh. pictures. So I bought like an old <laughs> Sony. And that's I would just mm-hmm. take pictures like it would my my pictures wouldn't look bad because mm-hmm. I would just, I would just do that. But you know what used to piss me off is the people that be like, "Yo, these are like sixty five percent stars," and then you look at the shoe and there's like no stars on the goddamn thing. Man, and then <laughs> even worse when they would hold the picture or like they'll take the picture at a specific angle, mm-hmm. and you will never see the heel drag. Oh, yo! I then used you to hate open that. up that box. Oh my god! You'd be like, "Where's like the, where's the heel?" Angle. Yeah, Yo, 90 right? degree angle. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you walk backwards? Like, were Yo. you moonwalking in these shoes? Like, what happened? So so for people, just because so, just a lot of people ask me, like, what are we talking about sometimes? So for people who yeah, do yeah. not understand this, stars, so on Dunks and Air Forces, there are actual literal stars in the front of the shoe towards the bottom of the shoe, right? Um, where the the sole is. Please tell me you know what the sole is. Not not you, Anthony, <laughs> but the people that, that are listening. <laughs> but but <laughs> but, but that's what we're talking about stars and usually when you walk they start disappearing so people would when you 100% stars that means there's all the stars are there but once you start looking at the bottom of the shoe and, you, and you're walking with the shoe the stars start disappearing so people would be like hey we've got 80% stars now we've got 70% mm-hmm. stars and then uh, heel drag is if you're dragging your feet whenever, whenever you walk which I do so all my sneakers do tilt at the back which is the back of the shoe they just get beat down but yep. yeah that uh i mean what was it so so how how early did you get into sneakers um and were you able to like afford them during like high school and stuff like that because i was a late bloomer i didn't i didn't i didn't really get to it to it until like before before college right so i was really obsessed with sneakers in middle school and the best introduction that i had to sneakers around that period of time mm-hmm. was ironically enough i was at the doctor's office waiting for a physical and Oprah was on who was on Oprah that day Michael Jordan oh I think you say Chris <laughs> Chris from Flight Club <laughs> no no Michael Jordan was on that day but he was promoting the book Driven mm. From Within mm. so for those who are not familiar you can do a quick Google search but this book had come out around the time that they were celebrating the Jordan 20 so it was literally a documentary style book or an autobiography or a biography rather, right? Because it wasn't told by him. It was kind of semi, you know, Tinker Hatfield was in the book speaking and then Michael Jordan was in the book speaking. So it was from the perspective of Michael Jordan, the player mm-hmm. and Tinker Hatfield, the designer. Mm-hmm. This is when I first found out who Tinker Hatfield was in middle school. And the most amazing part about the book is that it was full of all of the sketches Tinker Hatfield had made like the original, original sketches. So you can see what the Jordan 7 was supposed to look like before the Jordan 7 was the Jordan 7. Mm -hmm. Or you can see the early sketches of the Jordan 8 low top before it became the actual Jordan 8. Or the Jordan 11, what it was supposed to look like before the Jordan 11 came out. And it was like, I unlocked the cheat codes to life when I got that book. I would (laughs) literally bring that book to school every single day. Because every single day, people were coming to school with new sneakers. And mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, look, this is what your sneaker was supposed to look like before it came out. Like, these are the original sketches. And for me, that was like unlocking the encyclopedia to design. Because I thought this you is what about I- the- I thought you were about to say, like, and, and these people would tell me, get away from me, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of friends in middle school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were friends, I promise. <laughs> so these unlock the design, like the um, like the, the, the behind the scenes of designs for you? Yeah, exactly. So I loved drawing as a kid. And this was like adding one tertiary layer to my brain. I was like, whoa. I can learn how to draw sneakers now. Mm-hmm. 
So I would start tracing a lot of the pages and I would start teaching myself how to draw sneakers. And that's when I really realized that there's architecture to sneakers because what you're literally looking at is something that's a house for your foot. Right. It's, it's housing your foot. And reading about Tinker Hatfield's story and what his background was and where a lot of his inspiration was drawn from. So you would actually be able to see in that book that the Jordan 13 is inspired by a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Or you would be able to see that these, these laser-etched designs on the Jordan 20 all have specific stories. And if you actually zoom in to each and every little intricate design, it's actually a reference point to certain points in Michael Jordan's life. Mm-hmm. But just looking through that book made me become obsessed with all of the ideas that sneakers can lead to. And it's not just a shoe. It's, it's more than a shoe. It's literally the foundation of how your day starts. Because how are you going to walk outside and go about your day in New York City without wearing shoes? I mean, you walk outside, you got no shoes on. People are going to ask you two questions. Like, are you... You know, I don't want to use the term homeless, but people will look at you and, you know, they'll ask you, yo, like, what's going on at home? Like, <laughs> yeah. why don't you have shoes on today? Like, did you get robbed? In the early 2000s, that would be a really common question. You know, mm-hmm. kids would get robbed for their shoes. They would ask you, hey, did you get robbed? Like, what's going on at home? Like, why don't you have any shoes on? It's the foundation of how your day starts, right? You know, right. you put on your socks, put on your shoes. And that's like, and even even still with that, it's just like, we all like as New Yorkers, I don't, and I don't know if this is uh, relevant for people who outside of New York, but like the, it's always like, you're always looking down, whether it's to, Mm -hmm. to, to avoid stepping on dog shit or whether it's just basically you don't want to make eye contact with people because you don't want to get jumped. So yeah, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's, it's so like, you know, the just, just simple stuff like that, where, I mean, for me, I'm always looking down because I like looking at my feet in dope kicks yeah. and, you know, yeah, yeah. whether I the mean, sky it, it's is something. No, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Go no, you're saying whether the sky. Oh, well, I was going to say whether the sky is, is gray and gloomy or, you mm-hmm. know, like I've just had like a long day I'm and I'm looking down because of just like I just got beat down by the world today. Like that's going to bring my head up. Just looking down, be like, yo, but these kicks are fly. So. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a part of your confidence too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of elements that go into an outfit that can bring somebody's character and somebody's confidence up. But I think that a lot of people play it really safe when it comes to uniform sneaker colors. But a person who's really expressive with the color choice or the options that they use for their shoes is usually somebody who, you know, really carries themselves with a different set of visual perspective i would want to say right Mm -hmm. because not everybody is willing to walk outside with like four inch military boots or creepers or you know platform shoes right i mean certain styles are becoming a lot more popular now but Mm -hmm. you have to have a different type of confidence to walk out with a specific shoe right like right off-white is a lot more common now but a lot of people might still ask you why is there an orange tag on your shoe like what is mm-hmm. wrong with you yeah i remember What's that, that first, those first couple months where when virgil started putting the the tag on on his clothes and people would just be like what do what do we like i remember it being like a legit question on reddit or something like that or some mm-hmm. forum of what do we do with this tag and I'm like, are you serious? Just either take it off or just leave it on. I don't know what the, the big idea <laughs> is, man. <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, I actually came up with my own answer to it because I, again, at the onset of the pandemic, I actually had a lot of time on my hands when mm-hmm. I was working from home. And I was just like, hey, perfect time to start doing things I always wanted to do. So I always wanted to start working on shoes and through working, well, part working with Nike, they actually gave me a lot of discounts for, you know, part-time work that I was doing for them. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily part-time work, but I did work with them in part with wear testing. And they gave me a couple of discounts here and there. And I was like, this is the perfect time for me to finally make a Nike ID. Like, I've never made one before. Mm-hmm. Let me take this opportunity. So after making a handful of different Nike IDs, I finally told myself, maybe it's time to finally grab that all-white pair of Air Force Ones that I wanted to do something with. 
and start doing something with it. So I started pretty much reverse engineering the Air Force One. And I was like, let me cut this out. Let me take this off. Let me see where does this actually take me, right? So mm-hmm. I ended up coming across a couple of tags from off-white shirts that I had. And I was like, this is a tool bag. If you really want to think about it, if I take this tag, cut it, and take this string, and take these plastic tags, I have a tool bag just like when you order something from Ikea. You pull out that plastic bag and you have Allen keys in there. You have a set of instructions. I was like, maybe these hang tags and everything that comes with it as far as branding is concerned can actually be used as an additional tool bag to make something else that I want. So I started Mm. taking all the labels that I had from shirts. Like I cut out, I actually cut out a couple of labels, well, two of them to be specific, Mm -hmm. from two off-white shirts. And I took a tongue from a Chuck Taylor 2 that I have. Mm -hmm. It's actually really nice pebble leather and it's all white. And I cut it out from both pairs and I took it to the Air Force One and I started retooling the shoe using the hang tag pieces and trying to come up with an idea for what this shoe would look like as a hybridized Frankenstein. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to compose all these pieces together and now this is a shoe. So I, I think that when we look at something like that, we kind mm-hmm. of don't give ourselves the opportunity to create something brand new. Right. And it's actually the idea that I had for the the basic space collaboration that I had with Mute. Mm-hmm. So I had all of these hang tags and I had two options, right? I could either place these hang tags on these hoodies or I could just sell you the hoodie with no hang tag stitched into the hoodie and put it inside of a bag and let you decide whatever you want to do with it. You now have two products that you can own that are branded by Mute now. Mm-hmm. You can take this hang tag and you can sew it into an Air Force One that you want to make, right? Now you have a mute Air Force One. Or if you want, get a blank shirt and sew this label into that shirt. Now you have a t-shirt by mute and you have a hooded sweatshirt by mute. So I think that if we took that approach to products a lot more, we'd realize that from the standpoint of consumers, we have a lot more power when it comes to deciding what a finished product is. You know, like we're so used to just receiving a product and saying, this is a finished product. But Mm -hmm. when have you ever taken a step back and asked yourself, what does a finished product really look like? Right? Is it what the company is deciding is a finished product? Or is it me, the consumer, who is actually a lot more creative than the company who has this piece that I could pretty much retool and make it my own now? I mean, I, I do you think that the DIY spirit is more active now, or do you feel like it's dwindled down? Um, and and you and this is something that's just like, you know, what I'm gonna inspire myself like into doing this stuff. Mm, I feel like you and I, we've definitely been a part of a lot of these conversations <laughs> <laughs> for the past couple of months, right? But yeah. When it comes down to it, I think that I'm going to continue having the same exact standpoint. Like, let's be honest. Let's be upfront. A lot of what you see, for the most part, has very little thought process behind it. Mm -hmm. And it's absolute trash. It's garbage. It's just fluff for the sake of being able to say, listen, I made this and I'm cool. I have clout. But in the ocean of all of that, there's going to be a couple of kids out there who are actually going to create something that's going to lead to something greater, right? When Mm -hmm. I think about when I started graphic design and when I started printing my own t-shirts, I was in a class on Skillshare with the one that Jeff Staple hosted that there were over thousands of submissions, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you were to take a look at those classes, how many of those people were actually still doing what they started? It takes a lot of grit and it takes a lot of effort to be a mainstay anywhere. Right. And, you know, even if it's a mainstay to you, to yourself, to your core, whatever your idea is, at least you stuck with it. And when it comes to the DIY culture, you can easily see today, like, who's doing it just to capitalize off a of clout and make a couple of bucks. And who's really got this back, this backbone and the structure for forming a company. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of people out there, like one of my really close friends, 
his friend is his name is Donnie, and he does a Nike. He does a dunk, but with a pair of dice on it, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people might be able to take a look at it and say, "Hey, look, like this is, you know, something that we've seen before." But in reality, he's really got a mind for it, and he actually comes from customizing sneakers, and he has a lot of good work that he's put out there before this and before the idea of him making his own shoe. But he's definitely one person that I can tell is not going to stop there. Mm-hmm. He's not going to stop there at all. He has a lot of ideas. He might just get started with this one right now, but hes you can tell he's full of ideas and he's not going to slow down anytime soon. No, nah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I So like I, I've been thinking about this like huge explosion of just like people just redoing uh, already made models, you know, already popular silhouettes that we've already seen for years. Like, and they're just like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, I'm not going to call out anybody, but I, you know, I'm just going to change this check to something else. Like, I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, um, I, and I don't know, I don't know how to feel about it because I feel like as somebody who I want to say, I stifle my own creative, um, ambitions ever since high school. Um, and you know, like if you look at something and you can see envision something else, that means you are, you know, you're, you're gifted in that, in that, in that vision. Like you, you're not like when, to me, it's like, I don't know, like to me, like when I look at art and, and I studied art and all this other, and I studied art for, for college and, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, like the, the Met makes me angry sometimes, but the oh that's my favorite museum though. <laughs> no I, it's it's dope i said the it makes me angry sometimes because there are some uh, pieces of art there that you just like why is this here you know but oh the, yeah not for sure yeah but like i think it's just when what what i feel is um lacking is that you're people aren't taking something and making it something else they're just building on top of what we already have um and instead of just being like yo how about we do this with it it's just like how about we change this you know what i'm trying to say yeah i definitely <laughs> understand what you're saying yeah, yeah. i mean and 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 i and i just wanted to know like you know you're somebody who you're like i get it like like shirts it's like we everybody can have it but what 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 separates shirts from another what separates a, another shirt from another shirt and and besides the fabric and the design on it. Right. You know, like it's yeah. hard, it's hard to be in that space. But like when it comes to mm-hmm. sneakers, I feel like it, what essentially is the sneaker? What is essentially the, the, essentially the selling point? Is it the logo or is it what's the story or is there's so many avenues somebody can take because it's not about, I don't think it's a specific model. Sometimes specific models hit people, but I also think mm-hmm. is that, like you can start from scratch and and still captivate an audience is my is my my thing. No, I definitely agree with you, and I think that it has a lot more to do with our our relationship with capitalism and consumption in America, right? Just mm-hmm. because you can do something doesn't mean that you should always do it. Sometimes some ideas are better as a conversation piece and not necessarily as a company, which you know, at the end of the day, you're free to give it a shot and try to see wherever it takes you. But if you're not the type of person who's going to be willing to dedicate yourself to building something greater than just this funny idea that you had, then maybe you're not the right person for the business. And maybe mm-hmm. you should get that idea to somebody who's better suited to scaling it in one way or another. But, you know, when it comes to the space of curation and social media, there's never going to be an end to the amount of kids out there who have money on their hands and they're like, yo, I have this cool, funny idea. How about instead of a Nike swoosh, we put a pencil with an eraser tip. Right. Like we call these the erasers or the number two pencils instead of the Air Force One. It's just like, mm-hmm. I get it. I understand. But, you know, I think we have to be a lot more responsible with how we choose to create because we live in a world that, you know, there's a lot of trash. Yeah, and I, mean, I can say that metaphorically for what people <laughs> produce too. There's a lot of trash, and I and I was gonna say like you know everything is so freaking easily accessible, and and 
but with that, you know, we lose um, the curation of like, oh, you know, this brings culture. And I think like that's my thing. Like, you know, I created this podcast to bring stories, to bring stories uh, about everybody to the people who don't know that there are stories to be talked about. And and it's crazy that, you know, I uh, even though I don't bring it up all the time that this is like what 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 this is is actually just a representation of culture we we don't know what the sneaker culture is the status of it is at this moment because everything you see or hear about is either forced down your throat or by by people that talk about it because they are able to get it and they have the money for it or it's just hype and it's hard to be like yo there's more to that than this you know I mean, I'm glad that you use the word culture, even though it's one of those words, right? Like we can put them all into a category of the most overused words in the past five years, Mm -hmm. energy, culture, and there's a couple of other ones, but culture as a pure definition is definitely what brings me closest to footwear, right? Because out of the the 14 Nike ID Air Force ones that I made, Mm -hmm. Each and every single one of them is inspired by some aspect of some culture that has influenced me and shaped me as a person over time. And when it comes to those stories, those are the stories that make people fall in love with collaborations. Mm -hmm. When it comes to these companies that get together, like where is the culture, right? Like that's what we look for the most when it comes down to these these legendary moments that you could look at and be like, hey, look, this is the shattered backboard Jordan 1. Why is it the shattered backboard? Well, let's have this historic conversation about culture that defined a person's career and it defined so many lives in America when they were watching this basketball game Mm -hmm. or something even as close to, you know, the Air Mag. Like that is a cultural moment in America where this is pop culture, right? This is a movie that so many people reference back to the future. These are the stories that bring people closest to their childhood or what they love the most. And that's what I love the most about the sneaker industry or just footwear in general. The fact that it's less about the actual shoe when it comes to these stories that you have, Mm -hmm. because you can have a conversation at a bar. Somebody might look down at your feet for five seconds and be like, yo, what are those? Like, what, what's the story behind these shoes? Then you guys sit down at a table. You're no longer looking at each other's feet. You're looking at each other face to face or having a drink and you're having this long conversation about culture. And it's an overused word and it's lost its meaning. Mm-hmm. But when you really think about it, when you said NSB.org, I was like, man, I just remembered all the days that I would sit down there and literally source that website like an encyclopedia. Yo. Go to the legit check and uh-huh. be like, I want these shoes one day. I just want to read this story. Like, what is the story behind the Heaven's Gate SB? <laughs> yeah. Let me flip down this way. What is the story behind the Dia de los Muertos? Like, why does it have skeletons? Why is it purple and black? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Not only did I learn about this, but I'm able to see what they look like when they're fake and when they're real. Exactly. I was able to spot out fakes in high school forever because of that website too. But yeah, yeah. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you gotta have to tell a story. You, you what, what? What did you call out somebody for oh, rocking fakes? Man, so I don't know how else to explain this, but anybody who listens to this, if you guys went to high school with me, you guys definitely know it was literally me, and not to sound full of myself, but it was me and at least four of my closest friends mm-hmm. at the time. We were the only guys who were wearing Supreme and we were the only guys who were wearing Nike SBs. And this was around the time where none of this was cool. So we were actually like, culturally, we were setting ourselves back because we would get asked questions by girls like, why are you guys wearing a hat that says Supreme on it? That's stupid. (laughs) Or we would walk into school wearing a pigeon shirt and Uh they'd be like, why is there pigeon shit on your shirt? (laughs) Bozo. And it's just like, no, you don't understand. There's cultural value here. Like, let me tell you the story. It's just like, no, beat it. But man, like we were the only guys who were actively going out there into Soho during the period of time where people were going to stores like Stephen Barry's mm-hmm. and buying Marberries or 
going to Manhattan Mall and going to Aeropostale, we were just like, we were going to Soul. We we're going to Kid Robot. We were walking into Bape. We were going into Supreme. We were going into stores like Clientele. We were like, this is our niche. We can skate everywhere. And we could steal stickers off of stop signs and come back with these crazy stories and see people shooting heroin on the stoops. It was like this whole entire world was just unlocked. Just like when you play a video game and you're on a map and the map is black. But then when you walk through the map, it like unlocks itself. That's yeah. what life was like when we started going to Soho. But there were a couple of kids in school that I guess they started to find out shortly after because this was around the retro phase where kids were wearing colored skinnies. Mm -hmm. Then you started seeing kids come to school with red jeans and Mork and Mendy's. And we were like, that shade of silver is way too dark. <laughs> that is not it. <laughs> then there were kids who would come with 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 Uncle Dunks with the Dunkles, uh -huh. and we were just like, nah, like the Futura logo does not look like that. Oh, the back no. of that shoe is not right. Then there was this one kid who would come with the Dia de los Muertos Dunks, and we we're just like, nah, that is way too orange. Like that is not how the shoe looks. Then there was mm. a kid with Heineken Dunks. Mm -hmm. The star was off center. They oh, look like God. they look like Stella Artois Dunks. <laughs> like bro he has the corona dunks on he, like, got, what he, is got, this? he got the Heineken with no alcohol in it <laughs> the gluten free yeah, version yo. <laughs> yo that's crazy that like I I wasn't able to be part of that I've, I mean I've never been able to spot a fake like in in, in real life mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, maybe I'm lucky I remember I saw I tell the story of how I got my my tweet SBs. It's my 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 grail, mm -hmm. one of my grails. And I remember looking at the legit check page and trying mm -hmm. to see if I could tell if these were fake. Because I'm just like, no way. This is like 100. Mm -hmm. Like this is like 120. And I'm just like, no way these are real. No way these. I'm looking and then I get them in and I'm just like, okay, let me line up the box. Let me see. Let me line up all the, the, the plaid on it. Let me look at it. And oh, man. I mean, to me, to me, they legit. I don't know, man. I, I might have to I might have to show you a picture so you can tell me if they're fake. I mean, at this point, at this point, they're real. I don't care. That's it. <laughs> I'm not showing you. I'm not showing you. Never mind. <laughs> man, the best one actually was there was this kid who... I mean, I still don't know to this day if he even knew they were fake. I'm pretty sure he didn't because he just like, if anybody asked him, it was just like, bro, my mom bought me. He's like, I don't know. And he really, like, it wasn't even him selling the story. Like, he truly didn't know what they were and his mom bought them for him, but they were Melvins. And the black ones, are the we just, ones. the black ones, we just knew they weren't real. We we're like, the stitching is off. The embroidery on the back is not right. Like the swoosh is a little way too low. The panel on the lateral side is not matching up. Mm. It was just, oh man, like we would just go in with ourselves. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't be forthcoming for telling kids that their shoes were fake. But you know, when we got together and we would just sit down at the lunch table, we would see kids walk by and we'd just be like, I know you see what I'm seeing, right? Mm. <laughs> we'd just be like, nah, <laughs> those are not real. They'd just be like, hold on, let me try to go to the trash can really quick and get a little bit closer so I can yeah. see that. And then they come back and be like, nah, man, those are those are not real. Those are like, no should go. we tell them? Like, nah. <laughs> nah, we're not gonna tell them. It's all right. Oh man, I feel I, I would I would feel bad. I would feel bad. I, I would I don't know if I I don't yeah. I think you guys did it right. I don't think telling them because like because it, it, during that that era, it was like you could tell a fake Jordan and people would be like, yo, mm -hmm. then you get, you get clown, but you can wear a pair of fake dunks in high school and people not know yeah. because people weren't really messing with dunks during that time. No, not at all, man. And like, when I really think about it, I don't think that people like us give ourselves enough credit for literally being ahead of a multi-billion dollar industry before it happened. Mm -hmm. Right? Like let's, let's, Let's estimate that value at multi-trillion dollar industry because Supreme alone sold for $2 billion to the Carlisle Group. So, like, let's include the macrocosm of footwear into that mm -hmm. with the resale market and just say that we were literally ahead of a multi-trillion dollar industry before it ever even happened. Nah, yeah. that And, and, it, and it's crazy because, like, you know, we are... People don't realize that we are the... the the consumer, as the consumer, we have the power to be like, yo, this is what's going to be next. Like, 
or like this is where my hard earned money is going towards. In the beginning, like when you're a kid, you or like a kids now these days, that they just look at it and it just be like, oh, I I gotta spend my money on this because I don't want to be out of trend. But back, I hate saying back in the day, but I'm gonna just say it back in the day. It it wasn't about being in trend. It's about being ahead of the trend. I mean, at least that was it for me. Yeah, um, no, 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 for sure. Like that, that was definitely what we felt whenever we were going to these stores like Kid Robot. We were like, man, they have some really cool clothes, but they have these really cool vinyl collectibles that are actually a lot cooler to showcase in your room because you can't put your T-shirts on a rack and put them on a shelf. Like these figures can go on a shelf. And this was before anything else to the point where Kid Robot was priced like Bape back then. And yeah. not too many people even know that. Like there was literally a period of time where if you walked into Kid Robot, a sweater or a hoodie or a jacket would probably run you anywhere between $150 to $200. And this was when they only used the Robot Head logo. And man, it was a different time, but we were just able to forecast all of these trends to the point where we just don't give it, we we don't give ourselves enough credit because man if you take a look at what everything is to this day mm-hmm. none of what we see as popular culture again using the word culture would exist without us being the consumers first right because you know like me going to camp out for the Japan box logo t-shirt mm-hmm me along with everybody else who was on that line at that time we're responsible for helping supreme get one step closer to saying hey we did really good on these shirts let's do it again right and it wasn't just me myself as an individual again i was standing on that line with a couple of people it was probably just about like let's say at that time maybe 70 of us maybe 50 maybe 40 but as the day goes on you have another 70 people come and as consumers that's what drives a company to scale from just one small store to selling at an estimated $2 billion to the Carlisle Group and opening up down in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. moving from that first storefront all the way down to Bowery, having stores in Japan. It's just this touring concept that you have to keep on bringing to the masses. Let people understand that there is something that's scalable here to the point where Nike SB was Nike SB, but now you have NikeSB.org. Now you have Strictly Supreme. Mm-hmm. Now you have Soul Collector, all these offshoots that are just... ISS. Yeah, it's just the same story of people nerding out like us. And I don't think that people understand that geeking out about the culture of things and being a nerd, I hate to use the word nerd, but it's mm-hmm. probably the easiest word to describe what it is when you're an aficionado of something. It's what drives the company to become a lot more popular. Like... You take a look at somebody like Virgil and you listen to the way that he speaks. I'm pretty sure that anywhere between 20 to 25 years ago, people probably thought this guy is a geek or a nerd. He's obsessed with architecture and he's obsessed with clothing. Like there was nothing cool about it at that time is what I'm trying to say. Right. Like right. back in my day, back in your day, being a nerd. I about think, I think we're around the same day, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My yesterday is yours. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, I get that. Like, um, you know, people think we were I and I still think people don't understand, like, you know, we have excess of sneakers and people are just like, Oh, why don't you just sell them? But I'm just like, You haven't or like you you talk to them, you're like, But what do you collect? And then they're like, Oh, you know, I collect, you know, uh comics or like I collect uh, mm-hmm. uh Pokemon cards and and, and mm-hmm. you're just like, Yeah, because you enjoy them. But like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they're sitting in the house and you can't really take them out because you're like, oh, I'm going to devalue them. Right. Yep. So that's the same thing as sneakers. Like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like you can look at them as it's just a collectible or you can look at it like, yo, I'm wearing my stuff like or, you know, how some people take out their collectible figures and put them on a shelf because they're like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this. Like, I don't have to keep this in the box. I could just put this up on the shelf and enjoy it. Right. Yep. So, you know, it's a lot of people don't realize that it's a double standard when it comes to like. I, I always thought like that people people just look at 
sneakerhead people or people who are sneaker enthusiasts as like they're just crazy and you're just like but why you know just because the box yep. is bigger and it takes up more space that now now we're crazy looking trust me man as a dominican well as a first generation dominican born american right uh-huh. my mom when she started seeing the way that I was building up my sneaker wall with all these boxes, she was like, what are you doing? She's <laughs> like, why is there a wall of sneakers in your room? What is, what's, what's going on with you? Like, why are you doing that? Like the concept, and I'm not going to lie to you, the concept of having a sneaker room or having a sneaker wall didn't really click in my mind or register. Like I thought that, you know, at the time, because I didn't have disposable income, I was still a kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that the idea of having multiple sneakers was something that made sense until I started realizing, no, there's a lot more value in collecting this and keeping them as not only options to wear throughout the week, but this is art that you can showcase. There's no difference between having a sneaker on a shelf or having a book on a shelf or having a figure or having a statue or sculpture. Honestly speaking, they're all aesthetically pleasing. And there's a reason why you have the Whitney Museum or you have the Met or you have the MoMA. But then if you go to Toronto, you have the Bata Shoe Museum. It's a really small museum. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. I actually visited there about two years ago. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's a touring concept. You can take this around the world and showcase a product that people really value because there is value there or i mean you can treat yourself as the museum and just be like yo yes i was thinking the same thing yeah i carry i curated this because and then like i'm just gonna chill with my peoples but everybody around me understands that this has a meaning or this like you know like i don't i don't i i always stress you know don't dress for other people always dress for you but, you know, mm-hmm. like, if you want to stunt, I will not hate on that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Black's culture is definitely something that either ruins everything or amplifies it or it leads to NFTs. And that's just where the world is at. Oh, right my now, God. Right? No, don't, don't put me. Of digital. <laughs> don't put me down another hole, man. I, I mean, like, as we as we end up towards the end of the podcast, man, I you know, I got to ask you the question which we kind of started mm. talking about. Mm. What does the thrill of the hunt mean to you? To me, the thrill of the hunt is what makes you wake up in the morning, right? You all have a morning routine when you wake up in the morning. You all have schedules, these things that you want to get done throughout the day, but we all leave space in our minds for something that is either driven by leisure or something that's driven by personal interest or a hobby or something that you might just have been obsessing over the past couple of days that you have a open page on your tab on the internet. For me, it's that. It's, it's the idea that's always running in the back of my operating system that I would call my brain. For me, it's the difference between how much you spend to acquire something and where you want to acquire something, right? Because again, wrapping it back to the conversation of how people go to insane lengths to just have a flex in today's society, to me, it's not about how much you spend. And you can apply that logic to anything, whether it's cars, whether it's food, whether it's any industry that we all take a part in on a daily basis. To me, there's a lot more value in sentiment than there is on a price tag. And the thrill of the hunt for me is always driven behind what kind of a story and I'm, am I going to tell when I get back home or when I finally meet my friends later or when I go to this barbecue, what is it that's really going to grab people's attention? And it's not that I think about grabbing people's attention first. It's whatever grabs my attention first. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to the thrill of the hunt, I'm definitely a lot more driven by the value and sentiment because that's what's going to make anybody scavenge the earth. There's a lot of things that I still would love to have from my childhood, but guess what? I'll never be able to have these things ever again because either they don't exist anymore or the technology wasn't there to record these moments anymore. And when you get closer to that, that's the reason why all these industries run on a retro cycle and things keep on coming out over and over and over again to the point where 
you know, Nike has a specific department that's dedicated to literally archiving their own work and making sure that they recreate that same exact model so that their archive doesn't deteriorate. Mm -hmm. Preservation. Preservation is what I... Preservation and sentiment is what definitely fuels a throw for the hunt for me. Yo, perfectly put. Let everybody know where to find you. Got it. Well, you can definitely find myself, my personal page on Instagram at at Saint Anthony Leon. That's S-A-I-N-T-A-N-D-O-N-I-S-L-E-O-N. You can follow my business page at New York. And you can find the website at MuteNewYork.com as well. We just had a collaboration with Basic Space, but all those sweatshirts are sold out. That's the running joke. That's the theme. <laughs> Everything is sold out. This podcast is sold out now. <laughs> I must either be doing a really good job at making things that people like or not enough of a good job at keeping things in stocks. So. <laughs> That's a good, I keep telling you, it's a good problem to have. <laughs> it definitely is, man. It definitely is at this point. Yo, thanks for jumping on. Um, and for everybody out there, you know what I say. Wear your kicks. Peace. For sure. <laughs>